Good morning, my name's Joe. I'm a member here at Christchurch Liverpool and I help run one of the midweek connect groups uh, that meets in South Liverpool. It's so good to be with you this morning looking at God's word. Let's pray for his help before we get into the passage. Dear Father, thank you that in the midst of so much change and uncertainty, we can look to you and your word this morning and see that you are an awesome God who is working. Help us to see more of who you are as we look through this story in Daniel. In Jesus' name, amen. In the 2006 film Stranger Than Fiction, Harold Crick is just going about his normal morning routine. He gets up, he goes to the bathroom, and he's brushing his teeth. As he brushes away, he suddenly hears a voice. Someone is narrating his life. You see, the whole premise of the film is that Harold is the main character of a novel being written by an author. The author tells the story and Harold's life is completely changed. In today's passage, we see the fulfillment of a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. As Nebuchadnezzar goes about his life, suddenly he hears a voice, the author, God, and his life completely changes. As we look at the transformation of Nebuchadnezzar today, it helps us see why in this mad world, we can live like Daniel. We've been looking through the book of Daniel for a few weeks now. It's a story of someone commended as a model of wisdom for us all. Daniel was wise in a mad world. His world was mad because he was an exile. In a foreign land, he lived under the rule of a megalomaniac king who defeated God's city in Jerusalem killed many and then dragged Daniel and his friends away to a foreign land to be slaves. So Daniel finds himself in Babylon, living in a world he doesn't recognise under a king who doesn't serve his God. Our world is also mad. We live in uncertainty, where many in positions of leadership, in our country, in our world, and in our workplaces, make decisions to selfishly further their own gain. What effect does that have on us? How are we tempted to act and feel? In this mad world, how do we respond to those who exert control over us? Are we pressured into making bad decisions, which we later on regret, knowing it was the wrong thing to do? Are our hearts controlled by the perceptions of those in leadership above us? Are we tempted as Christians to stay quiet, not rock the boat and keep a low profile? Daniel wasn't. Daniel lived in his mad world, but didn't shy away from the truth, even though it cost him. So far that's meant he's refused royal food He's interpreted dreams at knife point and he's been thrown into a burning furnace. 
he does not feel pressured into making decisions he regrets. And he doesn't stay quiet, but faces the consequences of speaking out. He serves the king, but his actions aren't governed by the king's feelings towards him and even the power he has to end his life. What is it about Daniel that speaks into our situation today? How can this story call us to be more like Daniel? Today's passage, the transformation of Nebuchadnezzar, helps us see that we can live like Daniel when we humbly recognize who God is and live in the truth that he is in control. Nebuchadnezzar, I'll call him Neza for short, changed from powerful, self-obsessed, torturing megalomaniac to a humbled king who seeks peace and glories in the power of God. This shows us that God really is more powerful than anyone else. He really is the one in control. And as verse 37 shows us, this God who is in control, everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. We started to look at this story last week and Morris showed us that we shouldn't be intimidated by the most powerful people, but live out our faith with confidence, even when it looks like it's making little difference. And today, as we see that dream fulfilled, it reminds us why we can live that way. So firstly, why can we live like Daniel in this mad world? Because the people who look like Neza are not ultimately in control. Previously, we've seen Daniel warning Neza that all power is borrowed. Nebuchadnezzar's power is not his own, and it's clearly demonstrated in the following verses. But initially, he doesn't see that. We find Neza at the start of this passage, happily walking on the roof of his palace, surveying his kingdom. He's 12 months on from that dream and appears to be completely unaffected by it all. No sign of his kingdom being taken away from him. Instead, he is very much in control. He walks on the roof of his palace to get the best view he can. Here is Neza. He is powerful. He has a great kingdom, arguably one of the greatest kingdoms in the ancient world. And he knows it. Look at verse 30. Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? But then, before he has finished his compliment to himself, God speaks. And God says exactly what was shown to him in a dream is going to happen. In fact, the language shows the immediacy of the action of God and the change of Neza's status. Your authority has been taken away from you. You will be driven away from people and you will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox. 
seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. Immediately, what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. This is no surprise, really. This section starts with the statement, all this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. God acting on his promise was never in doubt. What God said would happen, happens. Neza clearly thinks he's in control, confident in his own power, pridefully walking around surveying his kingdom, acting as though the warnings of Daniel were a thing of the past. While all the time, the reality was that he is not in charge. He never really was. In pride, Neza acted like he was in control, as if he was the author of his story. He built his kingdom, he captured what he wanted, and he killed who he willed. In his mind, he was writing for himself a long life of rule and reign with unparalleled and unrivaled power. But by refusing to confess his sin and do what is right, his story was written for him, written by God, the true author. Neza is not as powerful as he thinks. He is ultimately not in control. Although Neza showed some respect and recognition to Daniel's God in previous chapters, his posture before him did not change. He didn't lower himself, but continued to marvel at his own majesty. From the roof of his palace, he was deaf to the warnings of Daniel, thinking he was above it all. So God brings Neza low, lower than you or I have ever experienced. In the very moment he's writing himself as a superman, God makes him sub-man. He's humbled, driven out into the field eating grass like an ox, with his appearance more animal than man. Neza pridefully pursued his own rule and reign, but we see here that his pow power is borrowed and God called time. All he had built, the story he had pridefully written for himself, was taken away in an instant. We know people in our lives like Neza today. People whose pride guides their decisions. People who make every effort to progress their own career or um, protect their status, even at the expense of others. Bosses, national or local leaders, landlords. They can exert a real influence over us. They can make life really difficult. Perhaps you feel the weight of their influence over you, the power they have in your life. We can feel like we are being suppressed by people like this. Or we can be drawn in, impressed by them, want to be like them. They seem successful and we don't want to be left behind. They are powerful and we feel powerless. 
choosing to live like Daniel, trying to live humbly and distinctly, but submitting to rulers like this, it's hard. Well, let the dramatic humbling of Nebuchadnezzar remind you that people who look like they are in control, ultimately, they aren't. They are not their own author. They are not your author. Above them is a God who is able to humble and who does humble. Not only is this a comfort for, for us, that people like Nebuchadnezzar are humbled by God, there's also a warning for us too. In our positions of power and in our pride, though we might not be the king of Babylon or perhaps we don't manage loads of people, we will all likely have positions of influence over someone else. Whether that's as a spouse, a father, a mother, a boss or as a friend. The warning here is that when we pridefully think we're in control, we're not. When we believe we're the author, we're like Neza believing a lie. There is a God above us who humbles the proud. Daniel lived under the rule of Neza in light of the truth he knew that God really was the highest power. The truth that Neza was not in control gave Daniel the freedom to honour God as he got involved in his mad world. In light of this truth that we know, we're called to respect those in power, but not be fooled into thinking that they have ultimate rule and authority over us. The New Testament helps us out as to what this looks like. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, it says, live as free people. But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honour the emperor. Let us take heart. Those who have power over you, are not ultimately in control. You are not in control. God is the author and he is able to humble. Let us trust in the God, the true author of our lives. And as we trust, it can begin to free us from feeling burdened, suppressed or pressured and allows us to love others better and fear God. Secondly, let's now raise our eyes and see that God who is in control is always right and just. In the summer of 2017, I decided to go to the top of the Aiguille de Midi on Mont Blanc. It's 3,700 meters high. So starting from the valley floor, I got there in just under 20 minutes. No, I'm not that fast a walker. I was in a cable car. So as the packed cable car climbed up the side of the mountain, we went up and up into the clouds. Nothing to see, whiteness everywhere. Then 
all of a sudden, as we broke through the clouds, there was a chorus gasp. <gasps> I raised my eyes. Looking up as high as I could, the snow-capped mountain high above me. And in that moment, as I looked up, I was in complete awe of what I saw. In verse 34, we find Neza gazing upwards and he was in awe of what he saw. But it's not a great mountain or a statue. No, he gazes up. He looks towards heaven, he lifts his eyes and he sees the living God. The, the man who was parading on his roof palace looking down at his creation is now in the fields with his dew-soaked back looking up. He who once walked in pride has been humbled, so he raises his eyes upwards and sees God for who he truly is. Verse 34 shows us the transformation of Neza from self-praising to God-praising. Look down at these verses and see who he declares God to be. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? Neza sees the God of Daniel, the God of Israel, the God shown to you and I in the Bible today is unending, unstoppable and always right. In comparison to God's eternal, mighty and just rule, Neza realises he does not stand as the one in control. In fact, he is effectively nothing. He is humbled in the presence of God and realises he was foolish to ignore the warnings of Daniel. No one can hold back his hand. What God wills, will happen. And unlike the clearly evil and selfish rule of Neza, God's rule is completely good, completely just and completely right. No one can challenge the goodness of God's rule. All great empires fall. A few weeks ago in Daniel 2, Josh reminded us of this, that even the greatest power structures that we know, they are temporary. But God's kingdom... His kingdom will endure from generation to generation to generation. The Bible testifies that that is true. And here we are, many generations on from Daniel, still praising God. It is proof of his enduring kingdom. And we can trust that it will go on into the next generation and the next. God is unstoppable unending and as verse 37 shows us everything he does is right and all his ways are just. With his pride taken away from him, Neza could clearly see who God is. In this mad world, there is a God who is in control. There is a God so wonderful and mighty that in comparison to him, we are nothing. He is in control, 
when you wake up and go to work. When you Zoom your difficult boss. When you face another day of lockdown rules. We too, like Nezo, can raise our eyes and humbly see who God is. See a God who is and has always been. See a God who has established his kingdom forever. A God who rules with justice and righteousness. A righteousness no one can question. We can do this because he has revealed himself in the Bible. Who he is, is right here in God's word. Will you see for yourself who God reveals himself to be? Will you look and see the mighty king that he declares himself to be? This week on Wednesday is an excellent opportunity for us to raise our eyes. As a church, we will be praying and fasting. By taking time out, stripping ourselves of meals and using that time to read and meditate on who God is, using that time to pray to him, asking him to show his righteousness and justice in this mad world. Finally, let's look and see in this passage that we can live like Daniel in this mad world because to live humbly before him is true humanity. I wonder if while working from home, you've been watching a bit of daytime telly, taking a break from all that zooming. Well, my son is really enjoying this program at the moment called The Repair Shop. People come into the repair shop with items they treasure that they think are beyond saving. And these skilled craftspeople rescue and restore the items, restoring these priceless pieces of family history and bringing them back to life, back to what they were created for. In verses 36 and 37, we see Neza is restored, restored back to what he was created for. We, like Neza, like Daniel, were created to live our lives humbly before God. We were all created by God and we are most human when we live in, in recognition that he is our maker. Neza's dramatic humbling shows us that this is true. When he ignored God and was driven by his own pride, he became less human. He became an animal. God made him outwardly what he had become inwardly, a beast. As he searched for more fulfillment and more status, he lived animal-like. Survival of the fittest, he showed no care for the weak and the vulnerable, but used them. Driven by his prideful desires and greed. He waged war against anyone who stood in his way. In trying to feed his desires, he lost his humanity. But we see that his humanity was restored when he recognised his, recognized his true position. When in humility, he praised God. 
And not only were his eyes opened and his heart transformed, look down at verse 36, he was restored both in his mind and his body as well. He was restored to his rule, to a greater position than he was before. Because Nezer is living in the reality that God is in control, he sees that he was created to praise and worship God. Nezer stops waging war and starts seeking peace. He stops believing he's the author and starts joining in with Daniel and praises God, the true author of his life, showing true humanity. Neza and Daniel show us that we become most human when we recognise that God is in control and we humbly trust him. Though we may never have turned into an ox and started eating grass in Sefton Park, it is possible to recognise when we've pridefully pursued our own wants at the expense of others, when we try to be God, we in some way have actually become less human. When we put our own desires and needs before others, do we actually find ourselves feeling more empty and worthless? When we try to control our situation or other people, do we actually find ourselves feeling out of control? When we look for comfort or control above all else, don't we actually find ourselves less content, lacking? Well, just like Neza, restoration is available to you. This passage shows us a God who restores, restores us to who we were created to be. Restoration is possible through his son, Jesus Christ. See, in Jesus, God eternal became man. The all-powerful author becomes a character in his own story to, to establish his kingdom on earth. It was not a kingdom like Nezer's, built through asserting power by violence. No, it was a kingdom established through him humbly laying down his life. By taking on our sin, Jesus became less than a man. His death was so horrific that we read elsewhere in the Bible. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. The eternal king became unrecognisable as a man. Unlike Nezer, Jesus' actions did not deserve this. He willingly humbled himself. In his death, he took on himself all the sins of the world, the sins of people like Neza and the sins of people like you and I. So that God's justice is satisfied and we do not have to sit under his judgment. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he was restored. And because he is restored from the death, we too can be restored. 
to live in true humanity now and forever with him. God is in control. He is always right and just. And through Jesus, he brings restoration. It is in humility and a praise of God that we are truly human. In the midst of this mad world, restoration is offered to you. Life with Jesus is offered. Neza's story, story was re rewritten by God's transforming power. Through Jesus, that same transforming power is offered to you too. We can, like Daniel, live in the wonderful freedom that God is in control when we humbly recognise who he is. This completely changes our life. If we choose to live like this, it may look weak and feeble. It may be really difficult, but it is shown in this passage to be true humanity. And in this humanity, we can reflect what God is like to those around us to those we lead, to those in power over us. Like Daniel, we can stand firm under pressure. So let's humbly recognize who God is and live in the wonderful freeing truth that he is ultimately in control. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for Daniel, that he is a model of wisdom to us. Thank you for this passage which shows us the amazing transformation of Neza. Thank you that it shows us why we can live like Daniel in this world. I pray your words would give us confidence to inspire us, to reflect who you are to everyone we meet this week. In Jesus' name. Amen.